Episode 194. Wow, we are creeping ever closer to the 200th episode of the Stazapod. That's going to be a big milestone. I'm looking forward to it. I got a special guest lined up, so should be a lot of fun. Today, what we're going to talk about is how to make something, how to create something, and what the legacy of that may be. I know amongst a good portion of my audience, there are struggling creators, people who have a story to tell, have characters in their brain, maybe want to do a toy, maybe want to do a comic book. I think that now is the time to do this stuff, and I'm going to give you what I consider to be the best practices, the things that I've learned. It's not a foolproof plan, but it is a, uh, a series of bullet points that if you follow, you're going to end up in a much better place with your creative endeavors than uh, had you not taken a step into getting them done. So that's what today is about. Let's create something. So this is a very sort of big concept. How do you get somebody to be able to create something, right? It's almost impossible. Uh, But I think I've broken it down to really four sort of guiding points and then one kind of footnote after that. And they are as follows. Step one is the book. The second thing you have to worry about are the people. Then you have to worry about the marketing. Then you have to worry about the execution. And hopefully, if you do those four things, that brings us to the fifth circle of hell, your legacy. And uh, I hope that this is helpful. Maybe I'm, I got my head crammed up my own ass far, <laughs> way too far, and this is just a complete nonsense. But I think maybe you'll be able to glean a couple things out of this. Because I would say that, you know, a, a big portion of my interaction with you guys is people looking for career advice, people looking to make their own toys, people looking to do their own comic books, tell their own stories, duplicate the success of uh, my Patreon with their own Patreons. Um, And, you know, whether or not all that stuff happens, I think it's kind of dependent on a couple core things. And for me, I think that the single most important starting point is the book. And what I mean by the book is a sketchbook or a blank uh, notebook, whatever your fancy is. I think that in order to, you know, not necessarily have success, but in order to express the ideas in your brain, you have to get in the habit of writing everything down. And now granted, um, everybody's kind of being squeezed in the same way. We don't have as much spare time as we'd like. Uh, Typically, in households, both adults have to work, you know, whereas it could have been one adult working, uh, you know, a couple decades ago, and and that would be enough to subside on. But now we all have to work, and we have to monetize every second we're awake, and X, Y, and Z. These are the, the pressures that are on all of us. Some of us are in a little better situation than others, but it is still very difficult to find the time and the space to figure out creatively what you can contribute to the world. You know, in our sort of endless cycle of working 24 hours a day, um, it's really hard to find the answers to those questions. So by having a book, you can sort of access that anytime you want. Now, I've had a lot of jobs 
uh, that were unglamorous. Uh, you know, bartending till late in the morning, waiting tables, X, Y, and Z. Uh, I always kept a little pocket notebook on me. And I always, in the spare seconds I would get, jot down ideas, draw a sketch, things like that. And uh, I don't want you to do anything that'll get you fired, but you can probably sneak in a, you know, a couple extra minutes in a bathroom break and jot down some ideas, sketch out a character, things like that. Get in the habit of doing it. Have many different size books for different occasions, but definitely having a pocket-sized one is going to be pretty crucial. I, I don't even need to recommend brands or paperweight or things like that. It doesn't matter. Whatever you can afford, whatever is accessible, whatever you can get your hands on and carry around, that's really the only criteria. You may also want to uh, allow yourself a pen or pencil or a writing utensil because scraping it with your nails onto the page is not going to be good. Here's the specific goal with the book. You're going to fill a book up within the calendar month. Now, maybe that's 30 days, maybe that's 31 days, maybe that's less than that. Whatever the amount of time is, you're going to fill up that book. And if you find yourself getting to the final week of that month, and it's not filled, just do some automatic writing, do some quick scribbles, just fill those pages. It doesn't matter, it doesn't have to be good, it doesn't have to be legible. That is gonna be the sort of goal and the responsibility. I did this for quite a few years, consistently. And I did this during a time when I didn't know how to get my ideas out there. I didn't know how to achieve an audience that would wanna buy my comics or you know, buy my toys. Um, I started doing this probably a year or two before I released my first sort of resin glios projects. For those who've been around that long, um, that would be something like Splatterhouse or the Gobon Tanks or, you know, any of those really terrible sort of early projects I did. Uh, but during that time and preceding that time a little bit, I was very diligent about filling up a sketchbook a month. and. Truthfully, once I sort of hit my stride, I started being able to fill up two sketchbooks in a single 30-day period. Uh, now, a lot of that art sucks. Some of it's really good. Some of it was very early Knights of the Slice artwork. Some of it was Rex Gannon. You just have to sort of set this goal for yourself and do your best to achieve it. Um, Timing-wise, I'm also doing this podcast now because we're about to embark on a brand new year, and that's a great jumping off point you know we're in December now it's going to be January 1st soon you can have 30 days to kind of think about this and get your materials and get ready to embark on this and then dedicate 2021 to filling up a sketchbook every single month I think that that is completely achievable and you know, if we do a sort of recap in one year's time of this Stazapod, I think you're going to find you're in a much better place creatively and a much better headspace. And maybe, just possibly, you've launched something. Maybe a comic book, maybe a toy. Who knows? I would also say uh, I like to supplement my sketchbooks with printouts and cutouts and tearings from magazines, uh, old toy catalogs. Color swatches I find really captivating. Anything goes. Just fill these pages and make it all about just whatever's going on inside your mind. Um, 
You will often be stumped. This happens to me all the time, and I have a very good trick for getting over that. If you're like me, you're usually excited about some sort of toy line that you've rediscovered, or you've bought something recently that's on the way to you, or you've got a pre-order that you're just fiending over, thinking about nonstop. If you find yourself stuck on a certain day and you have nothing to put down on paper, why not write what you're looking for toy-wise? Why not draw a picture of the character that you're obsessed with? Do some fan art of a movie you just watched. Um, Dowdy and I have often, often talked about how when we were younger and we couldn't afford toys, we would just sort of draw a picture of it. We, we didn't necessarily, you know, the internet was not up and running in a way that you could print out photos of toys you wanted to own or were searching for, which is the sort of present day equivalent of what we do. But we would find that, you know, fiending over these collectibles and, and drawing a picture of them and coloring it really like almost satiated that feeling. <laughs> um, I'm now distinctly remembering, this must have been 1996, AOL message boards. There was a, a, a Kenner Star Wars message board, and I saw for the first time on, uh, you know, the internet on AOL, a, a picture of an upcoming Star Wars figure. And I believe it was, uh, it would have been like the Hoth wave of the Kenner relaunches. And I just couldn't believe it. And my uncle was like a high-tech guy. He had a printer. He had a color printer. And I printed out that photo. And it was like gold. It was, it was pretty amazing. Um, do stuff like that. You know, when you have writer's block, just think about what you're psyched about lately. And jot it down. Think about that, you know. Try to sort of manifest it. Uh, I, I find that that's a very, very easy way to get over writer's block if you may have it. So that's really the first step in this. And uh, for those people that sort of approach me with their toy ideas and their comic ideas and their grand goals and aspirations, from now on I'm going to say, do you have a year's worth of sketchbooks? And, uh, I, you know, for me, that's going to be the, the first barrier of entry. Now there's a very specific reason you need an entire year of sketchbooks built up. It's not just the muscle memory, it's not just the practice, it's not just getting used to that habit. I'm going to get to the uh, third section, marketing, which is going to harken back to this very important formative year you're going to spend filling up sketchbooks. Uh, you will see these points kind of connect. But that is part one, so I don't think it's a completely unreasonable ask. I think it will help you greatly. I think it will free up your mind in other ways you can't see right now. But uh, this is where we're going to start. So, if you're on this journey, if you want to have a comic book published one day, if you want to have your own toy line, if you want to have a successful Patreon, if you want to have a, uh, you know, a reviled, is reviled the right word? I don't know. Is that good or bad? Uh, Instagram, embark on this journey with me. Get yourself a sketchbook. I'll see you in part two. The second step here is the people. Embarking on this, this goal of having some kind of creative output is not something you can do by yourself, although you need to be 
the driver of this project, of all the decisions. Uh, it does take a small army of people. Unless you're, you know, an extremely talented person, you're going to have shortfalls in the skill set that you need in order to be able to launch something. Um, I myself am not a, a good graphic designer. My logos are pretty terrible. My my the way I sort of lay out ads or pages or things like that are not up to par. Uh, it is it's a very weak area of mine. I, I frankly sculpting is something that I am only rudimentary at, and I have worked with some of the best sculptors in the business, and I've you know frankly started doing that very early because I knew I was not up to snuff there. Uh, part of self-assessment is, is kind of understanding what you're good at and what you're not good at and then trying to match with people who have skills that can kind of carry your idea into a better area than you could do it yourself. Now the good news is the Knights of the Slice community as well as the larger Glios community are filled with artisans and creative types. And uh, I have not had to look far outside of this circle in order to find people to kind of fill in the gaps in my game plan. Um, I would say we have some of the truly best and most talented people in the art game. So, you know, part of this is, is about kind of assembling a team and figuring out what the needs are going to be and who's going to do what. Um, this will sort of play heavily into the next step marketing, which again I'm referring, but it is really where the rubber meets the road. Uh, and this also plays in with having that sketchbook, because you need to communicate to these other people what you have envisioned. And in order to do that, you have to have it down on paper, whether it's the written word or if you're good at drawing, it's a, you know, it's an illustration. Even a crude drawing can be better than nothing. And you really have to you have to be the driver here, so you have to give people good reference and good instruction and be able to point to what works and what doesn't work. Um, you do not want to be wasting people's time if your idea is not fully fleshed out. That's why having a year banked of spending time inside your own head and having that translated to you know, the pages on a sketchbook, it's extremely helpful because you will have to communicate these things to other people, even if you're... Like an Irwin Papa or a Gavin Mackey type who can do every kind of style of art imaginable, including toy design. You're still going to have to communicate to China when you're manufacturing things. And that's going to require that you're really in touch with what it is you're trying to communicate. The other big part about working with other people is you need to pay them. You need to compensate them well and you need to pay them on time and not fuck around with that. Um, you can sort of do a deposit of half up front and then pay the rest upon completion. I think that's a pretty fair way to conduct business with somebody you've never worked with before. But don't leave people on the hook. Don't leave artisans sending you invoices constantly and, and chasing you for payment. That is absolutely a poison arrow and nobody will work with you in this community again. I can guarantee you that. So make sure you're paying the people you're leaning on. 
uh, give them credit where you can, make a big deal about their contribution, and cut those checks and do it on time. Now you're probably saying, I, you know, I have no way to pay people. I don't have the money to uh, undertake what I need to do to get this dream to happen, to make it a reality. Uh, well, you happen to be in a hobby that is uh, pretty easy to convert to cash. So do what I did when it came time to tool the very first classic night. Sell your collection. I've done that a couple times over, actually. And it feels great, I gotta tell you. There is nothing that feels better than freeing yourself up from parts of your collection that don't make you happy anymore. You know, collecting toys and action figures, it's so easy to generate money with them. It honestly is. And you will have to, if you have serious aspirations to to create something and put something out there, make a physical product or a physical comic book, you're going to have to make a choice between your current collecting habits and freeing up that money to put towards making your dream come true. You will, you're going to have to make this choice. And I've got to tell you, being on the other side of it, there is no toy on the market that I want more than the toys I'm making or the sculpts I have yet to tool. Those are the things that I'm really driven by. All these things I buy and all the collectibles, they're nice, they're fun, but it's fleeting, it's transient. There is a, a deep feeling that stays with you when you print a comic book, when you manufacture a toy, when other people get them and post photos. I'm telling you, it's a much bigger high. The, the toy collecting is just sort of a, a superficial, shallow one. So, if you are serious about putting something out there, and you are serious about building a team of creative people to help you realize this, you got to make a tough decision. But I can tell you, when you get on the other side of it, you're going to feel pretty damn great. And you're going to have a lot more closet space, which is a nice bonus. So think about all those things in terms of people. You're going to need a creative army. You're going to need a lot of people to help you. You're going to need your mind to be very clear and your instructions written down to put these people on the same path and you're going to need to cut some dead weight you're going to need to sell some toys there are also uh you know really great artists that are less interested in money and just want toys so you can barter i've done that several times i have people i offer cash to and they're much more interested in getting free nights of the slice and hey that's a win for me that's a win for them. So, you know, there's ways to do this, uh, but it will shake you out of your comfort zone a little bit. And I, I think that ultimately that's a good thing. This brings us to the most difficult stage of doing any project for public consumption. Again, whether it's a comic book, it's a toy, whatever it may be marketing. I even kind of choked on my words saying it because it's it's such a, uh, a disgusting term. But this is really the most crucial point and the other two points kind of lead into this. Um, what you need to plan on is an entire year of 365 
individual pieces of content. Now, where this content goes is an amorphous thing because social media platforms kind of come and go. Right now, Instagram is still largely viable, but I do think it's going to uh, have some diminished success pretty soon. A lot of good friends of mine who are artists are are being uh, kicked off and taken down and their posts being reported. It's just generally becoming a pretty garbage place, not to mention it's the, the ads and everything else. But besides the point, um, you have to sort of, I, I would assume you're planning a year's worth of content for Instagram and then reusing the content in other places. Now, are you going to actually post 365 times in one year? Are you going to use all this content? Maybe not, but you should sign yourself up for this workload. You should understand the depth of what is needed to move these things along and and to get the visibility and the eyeballs that you need. And if you struggle to sort of imagine how you could have 135 images or posts or comics or art pieces of your idea of the project you want to launch, then it's not a strong enough idea. Uh, you should be able to generate this much content. It's kind of unfortunate. This is, this is you know, what our lives have become and this is the requirements in order to be a success in the online world. Uh, but it, it is the sort of material reality that we see before us. So understand that that is the, the commitment you have to have in order to do one of these projects. Um, I would not recommend starting with a Patreon. That is something that works best when you have a groomed fan base already in play. Uh, I've seen far too many very talented people hop onto Patreon, start a Patreon, get a couple people to subscribe, and Inevitably, they stop posting, they stop doing new content, and it dries up. And the few subscriptions that they did have sort of, uh, you know, canceled. And rightfully so. Um, Patreon is very tough, and that is sort of a several years into the pursuit step that you want to take. I do not recommend doing it early. It is a hell of a lot of work. Um, So, you know, just sort of think about these pieces of content as would theoretically be applied to Instagram. Uh, What is a piece of content? Well, largely for the affinity circles I'm talking about, comics, toys, movies, things like that, it's going to be either pictures of product or artwork or comic panels. So this is where having a year of sketchbooks really comes in handy because you can kind of dip into all these different months, all these different tomes, and you can scan or photograph and pull out little bits and pieces. And that can be part of your content strategy. Uh, Even as I say these sort of marketing terms, I feel my soul escaping through my mouth. It's really, all of this is really fucking soul crushing, right? We should be at a place in humanity and in society where you don't have to sort of grind yourself down to a dull nub in order to share and express a creative pursuit. Uh, It it really sucks. Um, I am well aware of that. (laughs) But I am giving you, hopefully, a game plan for the world as it is today, not as I would like it to be. In an ideal world, we would have the time and space 
to create this stuff and people would have enough money and breathing room to indulge and support in this stuff, right? But that's not the ecology that uh, we see ourselves before that. So here is the sort of uh, death march I will prescribe for you. Now, I, I don't, present day, I do not abide by posting every single day. Um, I try to do about four or five good pieces of content to Patreon a week. I typically am taking Saturdays and Sundays off, although that's not always the case. Um, you know, you will definitely also lean on the group of artists that you know you're hopefully working with and have good relationships with to fill out this calendar. You know, if you if you can visualize in your mind 12 months and those empty days, you really want to have an X in every single box because you know what you're going to upload that day. Maybe it's a podcast. Maybe it's a free wallpaper download. Maybe it's a remix of a song that uh, you wrote when you were homeschooled. I don't know. I'll leave that to you. So I think, you know, you spend a year. These could be concurrent years, by the way. These could be running alongside each other. You could be keeping a 30-day sketchbook and you could be slowly building out this marketing adventure <laughs> um, at the same time in the same year it is conceivable what you want to be at after a year's time is a bare minimum of a thousand organic subscribers not bought not bots just genuine people that follow you and see what you're doing um, that hopefully that thousand people hopefully translates into hundred customers which is an incredibly optimistic rate a conversion uh, rate for something like Instagram is a fraction of a percent right tiny tiny amount of followers actually go to a sale page and purchase something or subscribe to something or buy a toy it's a it's a tiny fraction so what you hopefully have after a year of doing this is a thousand solid followers. Maybe it's more than that. Maybe it's 3,000, you know, but consistently, you know, engaged followers of about a thousand. And then hopefully that translates to a hundred customers that will actually buy your product or read your book or, uh, you know, take a free download or, or whatever the case might be. Um, these numbers also, this is such a moving target, right? Social media and where people are congregating and where, you know, how these things work. I'm saying this as of today. I think this is my best guess as to aspirational numbers. Who knows what the next mythical algorithm shift will bestow upon us. It's all sort of, you know, sand in an hourglass in a lot of respects. But this is what I think today is a sort of reasonable goal. And the way you build up those thousand people or that 100 customers is engaging them with content every single day of the year. Um, that's how I did it on Instagram. Now, granted, we also had, you know, YouTube that was functioning at the same time. But uh, I think for, you know, quite a few years, I was dedicated to kind of putting something interesting into these streams and picking up eyeballs where I could. Um, I don't know if the 
path that I took, you know, with Knights of the Slice specifically about six years ago, I don't know if that's still viable today. There's been such seismic changes to the landscape in so many different ways that um, I can't say for certainty that, you know, what I did six years ago would work today. But I do think that um, these considerations are probably still valid. You know, you're going to need to keep a sketchbook and, and have your ideas very crystallized. You're going to need a network of really great people to help you execute visually what it is you have in your brain. And you're going to need a marketing base. You're going to need followers. You're going to need customers to consume what it is you're doing. And if you have these three things, if you have spent 12 months dedicated to this cause, then that leads us to execution. Okay, so now we're at part four, which is the execution. But I did just think of something regarding part three marketing uh, that I just want to sort of put out there. Um, while you will be building a team of people to work with you, you cannot pawn off the majority of marketing to somebody else. You know the brands that have done this, especially in the Glios community. And you know the difference between marketing that is done by people with the fire and the passion in their belly and the people that it has been sort of pushed off onto. I wouldn't even say glass community. That's not even fair. I would say in independent toys, larger. Let's zoom out a little bit. Um, you know the campaigns that have launched with really no fanfare, nothing driving it, essentially a pre-order, not really trying to rally people to get behind a project to put their money down to unlock something. Um, there's a, there's a distinct and acute difference between marketing that is outsourced to somebody and marketing that is done by that single creative person. Now, that's not to say you can't have people, you know, writing copy for you or, or double checking your grammar or helping you with photos. But if you really want to sort of put a creative project out there, you have to be prepared to do that stuff and you have to be prepared to bank 365 pieces of content. So just wanted to clarify, that is something, marketing is a separate part because it shouldn't be outsourced. You can have people supplementing you and helping the effort, but that's on you. You have to be driving that ship. Now, with that out of the way, we're gonna talk about how to execute. Um, eventually you will want to bring a product to market and in order to do that you need capital now maybe not maybe you can do an ebook yourself and put it out there and get people to bite for me personally ebooks are a fraction of a fraction of our overall business um, very very small incremental money even when I do free books it's incredibly hard to get people to take you up on that and it's free part of that is just there's no value proposition right like to get them to check out of a cart and download something and then open it and read it you're actually asking them to do quite a bit and um you know that's a separate point 
So, uh, crowdfunding is a, a sort of popular way to launch projects. Uh, I've had quite a bit of experience with crowdfunding. I've had some campaigns that did really terrible. We've had failed campaigns, people don't really remember. We've had some great success, and we've been able to privatize that success for ourselves with just doing our own fundraisers that are much smaller in scope, but fully fund and then some. And so, you know, this is sort of a golden age of being able to utilize crowdfunding. Um, I'm not saying that's, you know, the only way to do this. I Personally, from where I stand today, I much prefer funding stuff with my own money and keeping it as a secret and then launching it as a surprise. That is a much more meaningful experience for, for me than you know, fundraising for figures or things like that. Um, we're not all in that position, and, and frankly, I'm not always in that position. There's not a ton of surplus cash floating around this operation, so uh, I do have to utilize fundraising to, to sort of get these things done. Um, if you are going to go down that route, um, I would say that uh, that's where that plan of having 365 pieces of content comes in handy because you're going to need a hell of a lot of it. You're also going to need your team of artists. There's a lot of things you got to design for a crowdfunding campaign. You're also going to need that thousand followers and hopefully those hundred customers. And to do a crowdfunding campaign, you're going to need to put a lot of ideas down on paper and spend a lot of time iterating and thinking about it and drawing the actual landing page, what's it going to look like? What are the icons? What's the copy? What's the text? So all of these things kind of coalesce around this idea to execute. And if you've sort of taken these steps to heart and you've you've put it to action, I think you'll be in a, a relatively good sort of place to launch to the public whatever it is you're trying to do. I I did sort of talk about this before. Uh, I would also say selling your collection, there's nothing better to sacrifice your collection to than this greater idea of putting something creative out into the world. Uh, I have done it quite a few times. As I said, when the first classic night was being tooled, I got rid of a bunch of stuff and was able to kind of supplement that uh, project and I've done it several times since and and really I can't I can't encourage you enough to do it it'll be really fantastic and look maybe you have some very precious Knights of the Slice I would not begrudge you selling these in order to you know kind of chip away at a dream you have to to hold in your hands a, a fully printed graphic novel or something like that um, I think it you know there's no more noble or cause that a Knight of the Slice figure can serve than that. Another area that's under execute is fulfillment. Um, God, honestly, that is an entirely separate Distazapod. Fulfillment, getting the product from wherever it's made to you, to the end customer, is 90% of the work, honestly. And it's something I struggle with and I continue to try to improve. Um, I, you can outsource it to other people, but that's not a great idea. I think that 
the margin for error is much bigger when you do that. It's, uh, you know, that is a really, really big one. And I think I'm actually going to have to do an entirely separate Distazapod on that. And I don't know how in the weeds that is. I mean, the reality is a, a small fraction of you guys will get to that stage. I don't know if it's useful. You tell me. I'm happy to, uh, you know, do it if it's interesting and we think it could be helpful to people. Um, but I think that these sort of four things are enough to chew on for you guys for right now. And look, my motivation here is that I like seeing your work, probably in the same aspect that you like seeing mine. And I want to encourage more and more of you guys to get out there and take a swing, put something out there, work on it, iterate on it. Now, not everybody's idea is ready today to be fully sort of fleshed out. But if you sort of commit to this long game and you have the patience, I guarantee you in a year's time, you're going to have something, if not captivating, at least very honest to what you want to do. And really all of that is kind of leading up to this final thing I want to talk about, which is legacy. So legacy, this is something I've been thinking about a lot lately, and, and really it was precipitated by the passing of Ralph Nice, and he has left behind a profound legacy. Seeing everybody post their art that they did with him, or his drawings of them, or the pieces that they really liked, that is, that is something eternal. You know, that is immortal. Ralph has achieved that for himself, and I think that uh, the passing of him makes me think about what I'm leaving behind. And I'm happy with what I'm leaving behind. Hopefully I get to make a lot more and continue to contribute to my legacy. But if it, it ended today, I would say that there is enough to sort of read and watch and collect uh, to last people quite a while. And I think that that's a good thing. That's profound to me. I also think there's enough sort of secrets baked into what I've done that will uh, long outlive me for sure. Um, so in thinking about legacy and what we are collectively leaving behind, I thought maybe I could be of assistance to people that might be thinking the same things and, and not know what their fingerprint is, not know what their creative project that, you know, makes people happy or impacts people may be. And so, you know, in, in doing this episode, I hope it kind of helps even just a few of you solidify what that is and what you want it to be. Another person I think about a lot is uh, Henry Darger. And if you don't know him, there's a, there's a great documentary about him. I think it's called The Vivian Girls. I want to say it's on Amazon or was an Amazon doc. Um, this is another guy with legacy, but this is a guy that nobody knew was an artist. And when they sort of cleaned out his house, he, he was just, I think he was a janitor. You know, he lived very modestly. Um, he sort of died, didn't have 
a ton of relatives or next of kin. And eventually they cleaned out his house and they found just books and books and books, scores of work that he had done, uh, telling this incredibly complex sci-fi story. Now, he was born in um, just before the turn of the last century in the late 1800s and died in 1971, I think. And uh, he had just spent decades and decades compiling this incredibly vivid and creative and imaginative world these characters and these storylines and these battles and it was all sort of sprawled out in meticulous notes these big triptychs that folded out really just staggering work and work of somebody untouched by formal training or the art world or playing by the rules of how things should be or how proportions work or just incredibly pure creative expression without any cynicism or blinders or you know education to sort of beat out the creativity really really fascinating case study and i think you guys should definitely read up on him look at his work see the documentary if you can uh that's another guy with tremendous legacy but had nothing but absolute obscurity while he was alive he had no instagram followers he had no you know, 100 customers. He didn't have a Patreon. Uh, and if he was sort of born in another era, I don't know that he would have those stuff. But he still... He still put the time in, you know? He was still expressing this this greater inner story. And it almost didn't matter because that house could have been bulldozed, you know? His work could have been could have been left undiscovered. His place could have burned down. Any any sort of you know any number of possible scenarios could have happened. But it was discovered, and you know he is rightfully acclaimed as this uh, this true idiot savant, just a, a mega mega talent. And I think that both these legacies of Ralph and of Henry Darger, these are things that stick in my mind, and I I am not entirely sure why, but I know that they're important, and they've, they've changed my life, they've made my life better, and I have tried to emulate that in my work as well, and I think, I think you guys can do it too, I, I don't think these are impossible things, and I don't think these are things that require so much that it's off the table. Um, you just have to sort of be disciplined in how you approach it. And you have to, you just got to do it. You got to, you got to shoot your shot. And, um, I really want to, I want to see these stories from you guys. I want to know these characters. I want to read their comics. I I really want to encourage you to, uh, to do it, but you got to be dedicated and you got to put this year in and you know there is sort of no glory <laughs> there's a very satisfying feeling when you pay your bills based on toys you sell or when you actually have a comic book that people want to read those are very satisfying things but uh there's little to no glory in this um you know there's 
there's not going to be a Netflix series for me. There's not going to be red carpet premieres, and that's fine. I think actually all that stuff is the antithesis of the creative process. Um, you may end up being the Henry Darger of this story. You may end up toiling in obscurity, never having anybody see your work until you're long gone from the planet. But I don't think that's any less important of an aspiration. So uh, I hope you all go and you pick out a nice sketchbook and you put pen to paper. And if you are going to commit this year to doing this, let me know. Post it in the Discord. Let's, you know, let's compare notes. Let's, uh, maybe we'll, if enough people do it, we'll open up a separate Discord channel for everybody's sort of sketchbooks and ideas. And, you know, we could have a, a little uh, community around this idea if you guys want to do it, if you're serious about it. So uh, thank you for indulging me in this, uh, you know, this rather fun but uh, pointed Sazapod. I think I'll call it that. That's the way to do it. Um, thank you guys for listening. Lots of interesting stuff happening this month in this month of December. And uh, I'm happy you're here. I appreciate your patronage. Peace out.